0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not completely full of (laughs) Joe Biden is... And so says the New York Times, of all places. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. We're going to get into the president's document dump with the very man leading the congressional investigation. I am talking about the oversight chair, James Comer, from the great state of Kentucky. And we're also going to give you a climate update. Wow. Man, oh boy, oh man. From the World Economic Forum. Over in Davos, Switzerland. This is a Looney Tunes.
2: Looney Tunes. Yeah, it is. Oop-dee, oop-dee, oop-dee. That's all, folks.
1: It really is nuts. And you know, the bad news is, yes, they're all crazy and wildly influential. Uh, the good news is, the good news is, the convention does end today.
3: That's all, folks.
1: Yep. Pack up your hookers. <laughs> Board your private jets. Head back to your home country where you can tell them you saved the world. Not even close. Happy Friday, guys. I'm in a great mood. Uh, We're going to be talking, man, oh boy, oh man, with a lot of people today. James Comer's here. The cast of The Big Money Show, it debuts this Monday on the Fox Business Network. I'm talking about Hollywood, Brian Brenberg, Taylor Riggs, Jackie DeAngelis. They're going to be here in the next hour to get us up to speed on all the developments in Davos. And since all of our money's getting thrown out the window on climate change, my son, Lincoln Fela, you're welcome. He's going to come by to close the show. He's going to call in from school today and pick all four NFL playoff games so we can make some money because we're wasting the rest of the money in this country on climate garbage.
4: Thanks, big government weenuses.
1: Of course, no bigger government weenus than the guy who happens to be in charge right now at the White House. I agree with that. Joe Biden, man, man, oh boy, oh man. So he gives a response finally to reporters yesterday. He finally speaks to the controversy surrounding the documents and tells you, well, there's you know, there's no there there. It's not a big deal. I'm not really worried about it. Which, you know, to be fair, might be something you'd take at face value, except for the fact that he has lied Every time he's opened his mouth. Tell him like it is. I mean, think about it. Remember on the campaign trail? Ah, the Hunter Biden laptop. There's no there there. That is a fact check false. And then what did he say? It's Russian disinformation. That is a fact check false. Remember that? Ah, the voter ID. It's Jim Crow on steroids. That is a fact check false. Oh, the border agents. They're whipping Haitian migrants. This brings us back to the days of slavery. That is a fact check false. OK, you understand Joe Biden. I mean, seriously, I'm telling you because I care. Joe Biden, man, if you're listening,
5: you're a bald faced liar. A b-
1: liar every single time. So here's the denial. And it's such a rich denial because you got to understand. Okay, what Joe Biden is being accused of, and not accused of, what his own attorneys have admitted to, what this White House has admitted to, what you will hear him admit to in this clip, is yes, there were documents in my office at the University of Pennsylvania. That, that is breaking law. Yes, there were documents in my home in Delaware. That is breaking the law. They're not in the government's gift. Yes, there are documents on the floor of my garage in Delaware that Hunter had access to. He's driving around the Corvette. There's pictures all over the Internet now. You know, Hunter, the guy with a drug addiction. Again, I don't begrudge him that there, but for the grace of God go I. I understand addiction's a monster. But one of the things that addicts, okay, are such a threat to do is anything, anything at all to get their hands on money. I think he's got a point. So you've got a crack-addicted son who is already selling access in our government. That's a confirmed thing. Okay, and this guy has access to classified government information. That can't be good. Who the hell knows what he might have did? Okay, but the point is Biden's accused, okay, and the White House has admitted. Okay, this is their defense. Yes, we did it. No, it's not a problem. We returned the documents right away. But you understand Okay, they're admitting they are agreeing. Yes, we had them in a document. We had documents in an office where they were unsecured. Yes, we had them in my home where they were unsecured. Yes, we had them on the garage floor where they were unsecured. But this is the same man who back in August said this about Trump having documents locked behind a padlock guarded by the Secret Service.
4: When you saw the photograph
6: of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself, looking at that image?
7: How that
3: could possibly happen. How anyone could be that irresponsible. <laughs> and I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and
1: methods? <laughs> Don't you have any respect for yourself? No, Joe Biden is a liar. He's lied his whole career. He has dropped out of previous presidential races for lying, okay? Here's the the 1988 race where he lied about going to law school on a full ride, graduating first in his class. Here's Sam Donaldson helping him off the presidential stage in 1988. I went to law school on a
8: full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only had 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college
6: and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says
0: Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship Ended up near the bottom of his class and won only one degree, not three.
9: Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight.
3: Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him.
8: And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth.
10: Bye-bye
11: Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is going to be very difficult for him to recover. Is
4: Joe Biden dead meat? Yes or no?
1: I think so. (laughs) Joe Biden is a sociopath okay when it comes to communicating with the american people this is a guy who has told us as president oh i was you know i used to i used to be a truck driver you know never a truck driver you know i was raised puerto rican <laughs> i grew up going to black church <laughs> you know i got my start at a historically black college none of this is true do you remember the story about Okay, well, you know, when I first became vice president, I remember old Ange came up to me on the Amtrak, Angelo, said, Joey, baby, and the Secret Service pulled their guns out like they were going to kill him. What's he doing so close? And everybody laughs. And he goes, Joey, baby, you know, you've done more miles on the Amtrak than you have on the planes. And the only issue with that story that he has been caught telling seven times is that the guy, Angelo died seven years prior to Biden becoming vice president.
0: We have a president that is clearly
1: not all there. You well, know, that's the perception
5: is, oh, he's nuts, he's old. You know, we hear that all the time. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. I agree
1: that I can't name three of his complete sentences, okay? But the issue is not that he's slipping cognitively, okay? The issue again and again and again is that he's fuller, <laughs> And that's the issue right now. So here's the denial. Okay, I'm going to play it for you. The same Joe Biden who just said in that previous clip, what were you thinking when you saw the documents at Mar-a-Lago splayed out across the floor? And he goes, oh, I was just thinking, how could anyone be so reckless? How endangered might we have? Shut up! Will you shut up? Dude, you left them in the office, in the house, on the floor. It is a Dr. Seuss book of recklessness. On a train, on a plane, on a boat with a goat, on the go with a hoe. You know, uh, I love it when you talk dirty. But here is Biden talking filthy. Says he has no regrets. There's no there there. It's clip one.
7: We found a handful of documents were failed uh, were filed in the wrong place. We immediately turned them over to the archives and the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating. Looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find. There's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there.
1: You're alive. Okay, do you understand? He has no regrets. The guy who left the office, the the documents unprotected in an office that, oh, by the way, got over $50 million in donations from the Chinese Communist Party.
0: This could be a problem.
1: I'm going to go out on a limb and say if you donated $50 million to the college, they're probably going to let you into the office. I mean, come on, dude. Who, who is this college clerk? Okay, someone who needs a safe space just to have a conversation because words might offend them. Who is this college clerk at a woke Ivy League school that's going to stand up to the Chinese Communist Party? And go, no, I know you donated $50 million, but you can't come in here. Could you imagine? And the, the $50 million communist is like, I'll
0: break you in half like a little toothpick.
1: And they're like, fine, come on in. You can look at whatever you want. Okay, so the Joe Biden, he has no regrets. The guy who left the documents in the office, the guy who left the documents in the house, the guy who left the documents in the garage and God knows where else will probably find more locations. Okay, was the guy who said, how can anybody be so reckless? How could anybody be so reckless? That's what I was thinking in August. You know, that was before the shoe was on the other foot. Okay, but that's the issue here. I'd love to say, you know, what what did he have? Was he writing a book? He was using the documents to write a book. You know, but the problem is every time you see a disproportional response to something Donald Trump does, usually because the Democrats are doing the same thing, but worse. Bingo. They impeached Trump over meddling in Ukraine. And then we came to find out, and we all watched the video of Biden saying on a stage in Ukraine, well, I told them they wanted a billion dollars in foreign aid, but I didn't like that prosecutor. And if you weren't getting pro- if you weren't getting rid of that prosecutor, you weren't getting the money. And what does Biden say? He goes, well, sure enough, son of a... By the end of the day, that guy was fired. This is politics as usual. That's all it is, okay? Joe Biden, the Democrats, always guilty of what they're accusing the other side of, okay? They're getting rich in Ukraine. They're like, oh, Trump's doing bad stuff in Ukraine because they were doing it. Oh, Trump's got classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. Listen to me, okay? Everybody keeps telling you, oh, maybe they planted these documents on Biden because they want to get rid of him. No, ho, oh, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe they planted them on Trump. Because they wanted this over him so they couldn't charge Biden. You know, maybe they knew Biden had stuff. Maybe they knew that now that the Republicans had taken back control of Congress and that the Bidens were in fact selling influence in our government and that the crack addicted kid did have access to these documents and for all we know might have been sharing them around the world. Okay, maybe they planted them on Trump to create that theory of mutually assured self-destruction where they can't prosecute either of them. That could be where we find ourselves. It's never what the government is telling you. It's never what the establishment is telling you. And if there's one thing I've learned in the last two years, it is never, ever, 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 ever what Joe Biden is telling you. Because the dude is full of
7: White House girls send Biden to
1: bed early Because he's really old and he's senile
7: He makes up so much crap the country's
10: worried He's lying like it's going out of style
1: you can't hide
0: show with substance and style this is my oldest guy in the boy band look it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. he's a
1: good looking italian all right. This one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenix Total T. Okay. Every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun, but are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay. You can slow it down with Nugenix Total T. Nugenix Total T. It'll boost free and total testosterone and it'll help you get the old fire back, at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? NuGenix Total T Testosterone Booster has testophen, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose. Everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword JIMMY. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo-X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast it is absolutely free your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword jimmy it's 231-231 and you enter the keyword jimmy texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages consent not required to purchase. message and data rates may apply it is fox across america with jimmy phalip we're doing the damn thing on a Friday. Getting right to the phones. We're going to do it to it today. A lot of you and me time. Brian Batten, lead off. He is in Clarion, Pennsylvania. Brian. Hey, how are you? Hey, Happy girl. New Year! Happy New Year! New I heard
10: Year. the uh, clown horn the other day, beep beep, and I thought <laughs> I have got to call in. I can't believe all this stuff you were just talking about—President awesome. Biden and his yep. lying about the education, but mm-hmm. and Santos in New York. But <laughs> Santos, what, what I wanted, uh, maybe you know there was an old. Woody Allen movie about this weird character like Xandor or Zelig. And do you do you remember that? Yes. Where he he just showed up everywhere. everywhere. He was with the queen at lunch and he was with Hitler and he said he, you know, was on the Titanic and, (laughs) and this character was bizarre. He, he kept saying that he had all this stuff sort of like the target lady from (laughs) SNL. And um, this is what's going on in the white house. It's absolutely bizarre. And it's making me have strange dreams at night about what's happening to our country.
1: <laughs> well, this is better than the other strange dreams you've discussed on this show. Uh, but, Brian, you're right. <laughs> you know, we've, had, we've had some dicey touch-and-go conversations, you and me, pal. But, no, I, you should be concerned. I mean, here's the thing. You can't believe anything he says because you know I can give you five hours' worth of things he lied about as you're kind of highlighting here. But the bigger issue, too, is – The kid, you know, I I don't want to bag on anybody who struggles with addiction. I've had all kinds of problems on my own end, but the reality is when you're an addict and you are desperate for money, you'll do anything. Now, if you'll do anything for money and you have access to documents that are worth literally tens of millions of dollars, God knows what you might be capable of, so... It's hard. It's hard to just go to bed like, you know, Biden says, oh, there's no there there, let's stop talking about it. Yeah, it's really convenient for him. But the problem is, if he is compromised, if this is a worst-case scenario, we have big problems, you know? And my concern is he does govern like he's compromised in the sense that countries on the other side of the world, uh, we wish them no ill will, but they're a much bigger priority than the country he happens to be running. Have you noticed that?
10: I have. But, you know, what's shocking is there doesn't seem to be anything happening about it, obviously, any compromise to national security has happened yeah. over the last years that these documents have been you know behind the Corvette and elsewhere mm-hmm. and I just don't see the urgency um of getting right to it the University of Pennsylvania receiving money from china i I don't understand why there isn't. People running around Washington, you know, hysterically trying to find out what's going on here and well, how because, to stop it.
1: Well, because the truth is, you know, the people running around in Washington. Uh, aren't concerned about the country. They're concerned about the party. You know, this is why I get on the air every day and say, yo, if you're a Democrat and you're listening, please remember that it's more important to preserve the country than it is to beat the party that you hate. You know, we have to call out yeah. the garbage in our own party. So you get and it. I say that, mm-hmm.
10: I mean, how can the Democrats not absolutely see now what, what is going on with well, the president? I mean, before well, it was always arguing. You know what it is, Brian? You know? I'm going
1: to lose you to a commercial. It's it's not that they don't see it. It's that they don't want to admit it. Bingo.
0: Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, yes, it is. Got a busy weekend for your radio, buddy. I will, of course be hosting the pants off of this program for the next two hours, you're gonna hear from James Comer, the man investigating Joe Biden, He's that chair of the House Oversight Committee. He is leading the investigation into not only Joe Biden, but Hunter Biden as well. Hunter's a dirtbag. And the kid who made that comment, Lincoln Failer, will be here to close the show this week uh, and give you some NFL betting tips. So you can, you know, make a couple of bucks, watch the games, do what the Failers are gonna be doing. But tonight. I will be on a live studio audience edition of the Sean Hannity show, 9 p.m. on the Fox News channel. And I'm going to pick a fight with Hannity on the air. I'm not even making this up because if you remember, I was booked on Hannity last night. He has done this to me twice now. I usually do his show two or three times a week. But I swear, I think he books me one day a week just so I promote it all day on the radio and get him the extra ratings. That's just how white folks will do it. I, I am going to accuse him on the air of doing that. And uh, I might get my ass kicked, so you might want to tune in because we could have a pretty good boxing match on Hannity tonight at 9. There you go. The bell is ringing. Uh, Right now, the big fight is, of course, over Joe Biden and lies and everything in between. Let me get back to the phones. Mark is in West Palm. Yo, Mark.
9: What's up there, Jimmy? We made it to another Friday.
1: Imagine that. I I, got to be honest with you. It was touch and go this week. Around Tuesday, I didn't think we were getting here.
9: We got here and uh, listen, I did okay. some, I've been doing a lot of research. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I've uncovered that George Santos was a student when Joe Biden did a tenure at the <laughs> University of
1: Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> did they drive trucks together? Now, it was, a, it was the University of Pennsylvania, wasn't it? Because Biden did say famously that he got his start at a historically black college. Uh, did Santos maybe attend that fraudulent uh, tenure as well?
9: Well, uh, apparently, for the Joe Biden administration, uh, kind of uh, working on your resume, lies are part of it.
1: Oh, a big part. That's so funny, man. This and is. It was,
9: mm-hmm. it was a. Uh, Unfortunately, Joe, he kept to his lying ways because he said he taught at University of Pennsylvania for four years. It was a two-year tenure in between (laughs) the vice presidency and when he ran for president. And the other lie is Hunter Biden, he never discussed any business dealings with Hunter. What – what child would not call, you know, call his yeah. parents and go, "Hey, I got a fifty thousand dollar a month gig."
1: Mm-hmm. I know. Imagine you that.
9: You'd
1: be proud of that. Of course. Well, depends on the work. <laughs> <laughs> depends on the work. Um, but here's the thing, Mark. We and and you point out the fact that we know that's a lie because we not only have emails but we have pictures of him be, meeting with his business partners, and we have emails that they've admitted are true. Hey, it was really nice to meet your dad yesterday. And then, of course, the email of don't mention them by name. I know you know that, but they're really paranoid. I mean, we know it's a thing. <laughs> so they well, have lied Jimmy, to there's some,
9: good Friday, there's some good Friday news, and it's going to be breaking news on your show. Uh-huh. I'm the lead researcher for a consultation company, and we've come out with um, computer modeling that shows – For the 2024 elections, we're recommending for the Republican Party Senator Tim Scott with Nikki Haley as his running mate. Whoa,
1: that's a big one! I love Tim Scott. Now, you guys did this modeling?
9: It's yes, and we took in a a proprietary software, and we took in we take into account even some of the modern social issues. Mm -hmm. And this is the in, in coming out of the pandemic, you have the calmest just the most stable two people for the 2024 presidency. Can I I just add to this?
1: Yeah, I just want to add to this before you make that point is everybody keeps saying the knock on the other candidates is that they're not like wildly exciting candidates. But I actually think that's an asset because the world has been so crazy. And I think the average person, not people that are really politically engaged, hyper-partisan street fighters, but the average voter doesn't fight about politics 24 hours a day as a lifestyle. And they probably, and they want something calmer. And they're the people that decide the elections. And that's why, like, it's, it's people listening might, I think that sounds far-fetched. But a Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, a Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, it honestly would beat anything the Democrats could come up with, anything. So if the goal is— perfect for the
9: 2024. It's perfect, and it's just perfect for the 2024
1: election. That was really good intel. Well, I'm going to elaborate on the 2024 election. You just threw me a really good segue. So hang up and take pride. You're now the program director of this hour, Mark. Happy (laughs) Friday.
8: Have
9: a great weekend.
1: Way to go. Uh, Mark in West Palm brings up the 2024 election. His modeling says that Tim Scott is going to be the Republican nominee. Wrong. Now, listen, I have been telling you forever. I would sign up for a Tim Scott presidency in a second uh, because Tim Scott is one of the greatest things about this country. Tim Scott's grandfather was a sharecropper, forced out of school to pick cotton. Tim Scott grew up in the worst era of the South. And he attributes all of his success to the evolution of the Southern heart and how integrating society brought us beyond racism, preconceived notions and stereotypes. Racism is a byproduct of ignorance. People hate things they don't understand. As we integrated society, and you come to understand that we're all the same, it was possible for Tim Scott to go from having a grandpa who was essentially a slave to the first black American to serve in both houses of Congress. Tim Scott was elected first in the House of Representatives— and then, of course, became a senator. And Tim Scott, you don't know this because he doesn't make any headlines, but Tim Scott has raised a mountain of money for the 2024 election because behind closed doors, they love Tim Scott. And behind closed doors, are you ready for it? Tim Scott makes it really hard for the Democrats to play the race card over and over and over again.
3: Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Okay.
1: Okay. If I gotta be honest, if you get up there and say, if you have a problem figuring out if you're for me or Tim Scott, then you ain't black. What the hell did you just say? Seriously, I'm not doubting that Biden would say it, because the guy is all over the place. Biden's lost his marbles. But the point is, Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, as an Indian woman, would be lethal. Now, you know, it depends on your goal. You know, if your goal is to win the election, you nominate them in a second and you win in the Republicans take back party. But if you're really consuming politics, as professional sports and you just need to win, you need the revenge, you need Trump to get back on top. I get the appeal of Trump. I get it. They've wronged Donald Trump at every turn. They lied about Russia. Okay, they absolutely interfered in the 2020 election. I'm not saying it's stolen at the level Trump is, but if burying the Hunter Biden laptop story was known interference by the big tech entities that did it. they They interfered, no question. I cannot argue that. OK, they lied about everything about Donald Trump along the way. That's not a racist. It wasn't tear gassing protesters. He didn't slander dead, you know, veterans. He wasn't, you know, Putin's puppet. If Trump is Putin's puppet, honestly, think about that. Why did Putin wait till Trump was gone to invade Ukraine? I think he's got a point. You know, I love those people. They're like, oh, Trump was in bed with Putin. Putin wasn't doing anything when Trump was president. And then they go, well, he was, he was waiting. He was waiting for the second term is what he was doing. That's what was going on. Come on, don't oh, bullshit me. Wait, what? you telling me geopolitical events? We're going to invade a country, take over the world because we've got the American president in our pocket, but we're not going to act on it while we have the window of opportunity open? <clears throat> Dude, you don't understand how dictators and corrupt lunatics work. Okay, but the point is, yes, they wronged Trump at every turn, and I could see where you'd want that revenge. But that's where you have to ask yourself the question, what is this about? Is it about revenge or is it about getting the country going in the right direction? And I'm not here to tell you Trump wouldn't do that if he was elected. Of course he would. But he's a much harder candidate to elect. That's going to be the issue because it's not about how you feel. It's not about how I feel. It's about how the independent voters and the Democrats who hate Trump as a lifestyle feel. You need to peel a lot of them off in order to win. So the guy getting all the headlines besides Donald Trump, happens to be Ron DeSantis, and that, of course, has also set up what could very well be a major league boxing match in the Republican Party. But Joe Scarborough, that jackass, says Ron DeSantis would rather back down than run against Donald Trump. I find this fascinating. This is DeSantis saying, excuse me, this is Joe Scarborough saying DeSantis will not run. Okay, and I'm going to walk you through all his clips because he starts by explaining that Trump's a boxer. Here it is. Clip 17.
3: I actually sometimes sports analogies don't fit tightly. I've got to say here it fits perfectly. (laughs) You get two boxers in a ring. You find out really quickly who the champ is and who the pretender is. Mm. You get two people up on a debate stage and one starts sweating profusely. Like, you know immediately who the pretender is and who the champ is. And the champ goes in, mocks him for sweating, and then jabs, jabs, jabs. He sweats a little bit more. And then he just goes in for the kill. And Trump did that with 16 people in 2016.
1: Okay. And if you respect his analysis there, that is fine. What you would understand is in 2016, yes, Trump timed the universe well and crushed everybody and made them look so terrible along the way please clap do you remember jeb bush please clap please clap (laughs) low energy jeb i mean donald trump was a wrecking ball it was unbelievable so when joe scarborough says you know he's gonna rough him up he's gonna go in for the kill one point i have to make there is in 2016 it was a much larger field And it was much easier to win because you could do it with 27 percent support in a state. You could do it with 39 percent support in a state. Okay, this is going to be a smaller field. You're basically going to see the Republican nomination come down to DeSantis. He's running. Don't listen to Joe Scarborough. He's an idiot. Tim Scott is running. He might not want to tell you that, but he's running. Nikki Haley's running. Mike Pompeo's running. I could see Mike Pence running. It won't be much bigger than that. The challenge for Trump this time around is not going to be crushing the crowded field. It's going to be when the field consolidates to him and one other candidate and the people who decide the Republican nominee, meaning you and me, have to make what's going to be a very difficult choice about who the standard-bearer should be given the importance of the election. Yes, Trump and the storyline of Trump and the revenge on the Democrats and getting a guy into Washington. To shake. It's great. It's a great storyline, and I'm sure it's going to be very appealing within our party. But then electability will also become a factor. When Joe Scarborough... Here's the rest of the clip. He says DeSantis won't run. It's clip 18. So
3: we'll see. Maybe yeah. DeSantis can take a punch. My guess is... Just all of us talking right now. My guess is DeSantis says, wait a second, why do I go to the meat grinder that chewed up and spit out 16 Republicans politically? Why don't I let Trump run again? I'll serve out my term. I'll end up with, you know, 80% approval ratings among Republicans. And then in 26, I just opened my presidential campaign and I don't have to even take on deal with this, yeah. the champ. Right. I I think that's probably what he's thinking in Tallahassee, because I think he knows he does not want to cross Donald Trump on a debate stage.
0: I'm surrounded by idiots.
1: Okay, let me be clear. Okay, Ron DeSantis. I I just I'm telling you this. I'm not trying to piss off the audience. A lot of you Trump supporters, some of you DeSantis supporters, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis is not scared of getting in the ring with Donald Trump. It's not a boxing ring. Okay, you can describe it that way, and nobody likes a good sports metaphor more than I do. Okay, nobody.
5: Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
1: That's like half of the show. <laughs> I'm not telling you I'm casting shade on a, on a sports metaphor. But Ron DeSantis, as governor, just took on a fight with Disney. Disney. Okay, the biggest revenue generator in his state. Yes, they have special tax deals. But Disney, as a tourist attraction in Florida, is responsible for more incoming revenue than anything down there. And yes, they're thriving in places like South Beach and all across the state. There's more people moving to Florida than any other state in the country because DeSantis is doing a phenomenal job. But the point is no politician has the balls to stand up to Disney, the mouse, the omnipotent, all-knowing, all-powerful, doing business around the world, Disney. They're so influential. They have so much money. They represent so much to each individual community they're in that they're allowed to get away with anything they want, and no one will even say anything. Like, give me an example. Disney tried to say Florida had passed a bill called Don't Say Gay. Do you remember that? It's the Don't Say Gay bill. That's that's what they accused Florida of doing. DeSantis passed a bill that banned gay people. He didn't. But Disney's employees ran with the idea that he did. And did so mindful of the fact that they were calling DeSantis a homophobe. While Disney happened to be doing business around the world... In 12 countries that criminalize gay activity, including by death, for being gay. So uh, I guess we have some issues. <laughs> no, they had no issue because they're so powerful and they represent so much money and have such a drastic impact on economies where they operate that people are like, no, no, we cool, Disney. You keep yelling homophobia down in Florida, we'll keep throwing the gay people off the roofs. We cool? All right, we cool. Just give me that money. You know what I'm saying, girl? Just give me that money. And anyone who spoke up, they were like, let me explain this to you one more time. All right, cool, we cool, Disney. I'm sorry. Seriously, anybody traditionally who has ever picked a fight with Disney, it was, now listen, little boy. And that was it, okay? Shut your fat face. We're Disney, okay? Ron DeSantis actually took the fight to Disney. And the dude won. Okay, Disney backed down. They fired their CEO. They brought back Bob Iger. They're like, we don't want to do this anymore. We want to focus on what we're best at doing. So if you tell me you think DeSantis is scared of anybody, and I'm not saying he's going to be the nominee. I have no idea who the nominee is going to be. But Joe Scarborough is saying that because he's an idiot. And he's also saying it because he wants Trump to run He thinks he has a good chance of getting Trump on a show this time around because Trump's going to get mad at right-wing networks inevitably when they put other guys on. And he's going to get the band back together and get some ratings out of the deal. He's trying to goad Trump into running. He's trying to goad DeSantis into sitting down. But one of the reasons DeSantis isn't going to sit down is because if he can knock out Disney, he can knock out anybody. And that's exactly what he did. He ended Okay, the Pride Rally at Disney. He ended the fake LGBTQIA+ crusade against his state and had Mickey and all the employees get right back to work. All right, now get out there and make me some god money. <laughs>
0: the show that's not afraid to hit the road.
10: The
7: stars at night, a big and bright. Even
10: the
0: this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Shaka Khan is singing Ain't Nobody Does It Better. I do believe this song was actually written about me hosting this show. That is a lie. Oh, I give it a shot. Uh, Steve is on the line in Pensacola, Florida. He's on board with the show. Yo, Steve. Yeah,
4: man, man. Yimini, it's always a pleasure, and I always, the reason I call you Yemeni, is that Bruce Willis, uh, <laughs> when he was Yimini, uh Kitesky, you remember that yeah. show, the, the movie, with, uh-huh. yeah, I, that's why I love you so much, Oh, buddy. you remind me of a damn movie star. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's a low, low budget film, it's a low budget film, don't get me wrong, but I'll take it.
4: And like I said, I am the president of a Lincoln Taylor, you know, fan club down here in Pensacola. But well, he'll be on. speaking of Pensacola, Joe Scarborough served a measly four years here as a congressman. He mm-hmm. was useless. He never accomplished anything. Yep. He has no brains whatsoever. And when he <laughs> did get a brain cell, he married. Uh, Bruninski, and her dad had somewhat of a foreign policy background, but he has no knowledge of Florida and what people think of Ron DeSantis. He's an idiot. He is just, he's an absolute useless carcass. But I also (laughs) wanted to say, why does Joe Biden look like these deer that sit on the, you know, you can see deer on on i can. You
1: You win. Steve wins call of the day so far.
0: Live from everywhere, USA, it's Fox Across America with
1: Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are back in action, lacing them up for a big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking with the cast of a TV show that launches this Monday. I am, of course, talking about the big money show right here on Fox Business, hosted by Hollywood Brian Brenberg, Jackie DeAngelis. And Taylor Riggs, they're going to be joining us in studio to react to the goings-on over at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. They're crazy. They really are. And uh, I spent last night watching more of the clips from the John Kerry's of the world, the Al Gore's of the world. What the hell were you thinking? I was really just doing it for a laugh if you want to know what I was thinking. Uh, But 888-788-9910 is the phone number if you want to let us know what you were thinking. Uh, But the bottom line is either way you slice it. I'm fired up to help launch this new TV show in this hour. Uh, But I do have to play you a couple more clips from John Kerry and Al Gore.
4: No, God! No, God, please, no! No! No!
1: Now, you have to understand, and I said this yesterday, everything you hear from the climate change people, okay, it sounds ridiculous, gloom and doom, we're all gonna die, okay? You understand that's the underlying message to everything they say, okay? But the subtext to that is always, please
12: give us money.
1: And when you're trying to grift people out of their money, as Al Gore has, you know, you need to motivate them. Nobody tunes in to hear, ah, you know what I mean? Ah, the weather's changing a little bit. I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be bad. No one's donating when you pass around that collection plate. But if the preacher gets out there and he's like, I've been to the mountaintop and we all going to die unless you pass around that collection plate and dig deep in your heart, brother. What a fraud. all climate change is. So yesterday found us discussing Al Gore's contention. That the sea levels, the oceans specifically, the oceans specifically were boiling. You were lying your ass off. Seriously, when was the last time you went to Red Lobster and ordered from their pre-cooked menu? They're like, yeah, these lobsters, yeah, we don't even cook them. They, they rolled up to the shore. They were already done. Yeah, these you like steam shrimp. Already done. The The oceans are boiling. Al Gore with a straight face yesterday said to the crowd at Davos that the heat coming from the global warming and the climate change is releasing the net effect of 600 Hiroshima bombs a day in our oceans. (coughs) Nothing else to say but buy a ticket because the circus is in town. Listen to this. 600 Hiroshima's rain bombs oceans are boiling and understand he knows none of this is true like people keep reacting to this the wrong way on the news they're like oh he's crazy look at how He's nuts no 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 he's not nuts the people donating are nuts pay up suckers he knows there are a lot of idiots out there that buy into this stuff climate change is white guilt branding That's what it is. It's the only people who care about climate change are white guilt. I drove a taxi for a long time. Okay, the vast majority of my adult friends uh, from the taxi industry, I was the only white guy in the locker room. So as you'd imagine, are from a lot of different minority communities, they talk about a lot of things. Talk about sports, talk about women. Oh, they love to talk about women.
7: Hubba, hubba.
1: Okay, but they talk about crime and they talk about inflation and they have a big pride in the country because a lot of the guys I worked with in the taxi garage migrated here from other countries. But the one thing they never, ever, ever talk about, ever, is climate change. (coughs) If you're living in in a high-crime area where you don't know how you're going to be able to afford goods at the bodega or the Bogodá, as Jill Biden so famously called it when she was trying to bond with the Latino community, you have your Bogadas. That was embarrassing. Was it ever. Whenever white liberals try to establish some type of bonding maneuver with minority communities to highlight the connection between the two, what they always end up highlighting is the fact that there's no connection.
0: He knows what he's talking about.
1: Nobody, nobody cares about climate change but rich white people. People who feel somewhat guilty over their prosperity and have justified it by saying, well, I am saving the world, though. So, you know, granted, I don't do anything. I get six-handed massages twice a day, you know, in between, you know, cups of coffee and three therapy sessions, feeling sorry for myself because I'm just so rich and it's so hard that they convince themselves they're saving the planet on the side by telling all the little people to take a bunch of drastic reforms to their lives that they, the rich people, would never ever in a million years think of partaking in. I mean, that's the fraud of the private jet thing. Whenever you hear us yelling on Fox News about hypocrisy, you know, oh, every time this conference climate thing comes up, Fox talks about private jets. You know, it almost sounds like we're a one-trick pony. The reason we are the one-trick pony is because nothing underscores the fraud of the whole thing. Like someone telling you it is a climate emergency. Yo, this is an emergency. Okay, nothing underscores the fraud of it all. Like someone telling you it's an emergency while knowingly making the emergency worse. Hey, emissions are a problem. We've got to cut emissions. So I flew here on a private jet making emissions 24 times bigger just to tell you how bad of a problem the emissions happen to be. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Nope. They're selling it right in Davos and it pays well. But that's the fraud. It's an emergency. Dude, if the house is on fire, that's an emergency. You don't. Hello, 911. Hey, can you send a cop? In the meantime, I'll pour some gasoline on it. Don't worry. You send a cop. We've got a book of matches. I brought one myself. I'll throw that onto the fire as well. Do you understand? They're making the problem worse. Okay, they have to know this on some level, but that's the scam of climate change. Only rich white people care about it. And the reason we know only rich white people care about it is because the only way they could get this climate change bill passed is by giving it a different name. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Here is Al Gore flat out admitting what you've known to be true. The Democrats themselves have admitted it. The Inflation Reduction Act was the biggest climate change bill in the history of the country. Now understand, if climate change is popular, do you have to give the biggest climate change bill of all time a different name? The answer would be no. No, they snuck it in. They snuck it in under a cause you cared about, which was in reducing inflation.
5: This is politics as usual.
1: Oh, it really is. And it's disgusting because you didn't ask for this, but you got it anyway. And oh, by the way, the Inflation Reduction Act it increases inflation by printing and spending even more government money.
5: That's stupid! Use your common
1: sense. But here's Al Gore flat-out telling you about the Inflation Reduction Act. Clip 21.
6: In my country, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which is primarily a climate uh, act. Oh! $369 billion, which will actually be much larger than that because the heavy lifting is done by tax credits that are very long-term, some of them actually open-ended, uh, and the early investments that have already been triggered by it uh, give a-, a great deal of reason, uh, many reasons for b- believing it's going to be much larger than $369 billion. So I'm very encouraged by that. Garbage like you just makes me sick.
1: And it's straight garbage, Al Gore. And I'm going to give you a little more, Al Gore. Okay, but understand that Al Gore has been preaching... You've got to cut back your lifestyle. Use less electric. Use fewer emissions. He flies the world in a private jet. The electric bill at his Tennessee mansion makes the Las Vegas Strip look Amish. Okay, none of these guys, they get out there to this big, you know, Davos circle jerk. We're the good people. We're saving the world. I think we need to do this. I think we need to do that. You know who advocated for vaccine mandates and lockdowns and the closures of schools? You know, the things that didn't work? Every one of the Davos representatives. This was last year's conversation. Mandates, lockdowns, vaccines. Here's a maniac. Okay. And this, again, this stuff, it blows my mind, but that's who these people are. Okay. They're out there telling you with a straight face. No, we need a database of who is and who isn't vaccinated. Here's Tony Blair, who's like a semi-sane guy. Former British prime minister. Saying we need a global vaccine database. Shut up! Will you shut up? That's my advice, Tony Blair. But here it is, clip twenty-two. You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple. There'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for a, a pandemic or for. Um, for, For vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure, and many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. Think about that, okay? Many countries, what is he saying? We need vaccine databases. This is totally false. Why? So we can track who has myocarditis? Yo, here's a newsflash, man. Okay, I'm not like a conspiracy guy. I'm vaccinated, okay? As you know, I got the Johnson & Johnson. And what they didn't tell me is it was Magic Johnson and Keyshawn Johnson. I can't get COVID, but man, can I catch a pass?
8: You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. But
1: I honestly, I am vaccinated. And, you know, that was a requirement to work at a building in New York City with more than 100 employees. Just the same, I probably would have got vaccinated anyway. Have you thought about the things that I have put into this body during the time I spent as a touring comedian and a New York City cab driver? I've done drugs you've never heard of, dude. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just I'm telling you because I care I, li- I live a very clean life now because I have a good woman and a good kid to live for I'm a drug free you know body uh, but man wow uh, listen seriously I've done more drugs than a retired lab rat leaving Pfizer with like a set of golf clubs and a gold watch hey thanks for all the experiments over the years Billy you know what I mean? I've mean, i done more drugs than Billy the mouse leaving Pfizer's lab after 20 years but the point is I run a clean train Uh, But I did take this vaccine and I can tell you, okay, I take no joy in saying this because I took it. It doesn't work. In the last month of data available to us, 58 percent of the covid deaths are amongst the vaxxed and boosted. So when everybody is saying to you, "Ah, we need vaccine databases, we need more vaccines, we need more shots. What are they saying? Please give us money. They're making so much money off of this. And I don't feel bad telling you that. Doesn't make me a conspiracy guy. That is the truth now. We were told it was a vaccine. A vaccine stops you from getting or spreading a disease. That was the pitch when they made it. Not only when they made it, when they were condescending to us about vaccinated people being unable to get COVID.
2: It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were. Right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops. With every vaccinated person, a vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this.
7: Step into my
6: office. Why? Because you're
1: fired. (laughs) Get her out of here. Okay, but that was the sale. The vaccine stops the virus from spreading. Mm. If you thought the vaccine protected you from the virus, you wouldn't be yelling at the guy next to you to make sure he was vaccinated. That is correct. But there they were shaming you into getting the vaccine. Not getting vaccines.
3: It's time to start
1: shaming them.
11: Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. Them,
10: them, their freedom.
0: I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for
1: not wearing a mask.
0: We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you.
1: I mean, come on. Would you shut up? But that's who these idiots were. They didn't have any facts to support shaming you. That's how they get stuff done, social pressure. You know, when you've got the facts, pound the facts. When you've got nothing, pound the table. Put up or shut up. Imagine that. Back after this. It's the
0: number one children's show in the country.
5: He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad.
10: (gasps) Oh, snap.
0: It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Falla. In the next break, we're talking to Brian Brenberg, Taylor Riggs, Jackie DeAngelis. They're launching a financial show called The Big Money Show this Monday on the Fox Business Network. But right now, here is Al Gore trying to beat a lot of big money people out of even more money over in Davos, Switzerland. This is the famous oceans are boiling. We're all going to die. Clip 23.
6: Emissions are still going up. All these promises of the last few years to cut emissions, emissions are still going up. (laughs) When are we going to bring these emissions down? The accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs and sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees. We cannot let the oil companies and gas companies and petrostates tell us what is permissible. (laughs)
1: <laughs> this is Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes That's all folks. But here's the deal, dude, just so you understand. He knows that's not true. Al Gore is full of <laughs> That's what Davos says. I've said it before I'll say it again. If you're a normal person, Davos is a yearly reminder to get on your knees and thank the sweet baby Jesus that Al Gore and John Kerry didn't become president bingo because these are guys who desperately wanted power couldn't get it the old-fashioned way so they're trying to get that power over your life by weaponizing this climate change agenda and understand just I, i'm bargaining with you in good faith dude okay emissions since we left the paris climate change agreement are lowering faster faster than the commitment we had made in the Paris agreement. That's true. That is true. So you understand when he says emissions are in falling, emissions are going up, rain bombs, boiling frogs, run for your life. You can't handle the truth. He knows the truth. He just wants the money. Okay, it's all about the Benjamins. Here's John Kerry telling you as much, clip 24.
8: You know, the the State of the Union's coming
3: up and the president's got to, you know, and I think will, because he believes this, we got to move this. Because that's the only way we keep 1.5 degrees alive. So how do we get there? Well, the
8: lesson I've learned in the last years, and I learned it as secretary and I've learned it since, reinforced in spades, is money, 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 money.
1: Oh! You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Oh, you don't say! The lesson is money, 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 money. Money, 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 money. Eddie money.
5: You're all a bunch of grifters. Dude.
1: I'm telling you because I care. This is a scam. These are crazy people. Some of them, you know, mean well, but they're stupid. That's what Davos is. Also a reminder that there's no correlation between wealth and intelligence. They told you the vaccine would work and stop the pandemic. Okay, now they're telling you they can control the weather. Do you know what you used to say when you were walking down the street as a kid? Some guy was screaming on the corner. That he could control the weather? Well, you might not have said it, but the woman next to you definitely did. She looked at him and was like,
2: He should be behind bars!
1: Because he's a crazy person, and they don't even belong in polite society.
0: It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Folks, if you study the Mayan calendar, as I clearly do, then you know they had predicted that on January the 23rd, 2023, a TV event so consequential in the best possible way would happen on a business channel based in New York. Uh, And I am here to tell you the Mayan prophecy was correct. And joining me now is The Proof, the hosts. Of the Big Money Show, which debuts this coming Monday, I am talking about Taylor Riggs, Jackie DeAngelis, and Hollywood Brian Brenberg, yes. all here in the studio. Hello, everybody. Oh,
12: hello. This, hello.
1: I, I want to say this. It's been like, if to people who watch Fox News. Um, it's almost like the British invasion of 1964. You guys are all over our televisions this week doing your promos,
5: <laughs> but you didn't,
1: You guys didn't fly in on the jet. You rode in on the subway, yeah. which, by the way, hasn't been cleaned since 1964, so there's some parallel with the British invasion in 1964, um, but you guys all look like you're still in good spirits, right? How's everybody feeling? Everybody's good? Very
12: excited. Yeah. Okay,
1: that you feel good, like this is the calm before the storm. And Monday's liftoff, right? Well, excited yeah. doesn't even begin to describe
2: it. I mean, okay. when we get in in the morning, you know, these guys are like, you know, you ever seen the? Like New Zealand rugby yeah. players, they yeah, do yeah. like the whole thing before they. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. that's what it's like before our show. <laughs> wow. it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy.
12: I, well, maybe after makeup.
1: No, no, all right, fair. <laughs> that's fair. I, well, I see Jackie around the floor. Everybody has a different floor vibe. Okay, me, yes. me. I, I want to say this. Okay. I, I am at Fox. I know my place. I am the family dog. You know the dog's tail's always wagging. You're you're a family dog, so to speak. We had Taylor. I'm talking to Taylor Riggs. We're we're positive energy people. Yes. People are in a better mood to see you because they know you're going to project some type of force multiplication uh, of positive energy. I see where this um, is going. No, no, not at all. De- Brandberg is upbeat, very efficient. No, no. <laughs> very <laughs> he's efficient. Our, our best dog. No, he's efficient. <laughs> he's on it. No, no, not. I'm not. I'm not saying that, Jackie. A bit of a rescue. Uh, but no, I'm kidding. But not from the roughest home. A decent home. No, it's a it's a ple- pleasant. Uh, no, we, we love Jackie. Jackie's great. i what I'm cats in here? But what I'm saying – no, no. But what I'm trying to process is not your individual energies. What I'm trying to process – you guys now have a collective energy. This toy on my desk is called a Voltron. Yes. It's from the 1980s. Okay, so it predates your parents even meeting, you know, because you're, you're, you're 16, you said. How old are you? You're, are talking, you only, you're talking to Brenberg right now, yeah. right? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's Taylor. Stop it, you youngsters. But stick with me, okay? Voltron is, is these five individual – excuse me, four individual lions – that would get together and form this big fighting force, and he would take on the world. You guys are a business television okay. Voltron. That's yeah. so yeah. true. So I'm trying like to that. get a feel for you know what this Voltron is.
11: Some of the parts. Okay. Much greater than like the individual. You think I, so? Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. team-spirited that a team spirited thing to say. We are like totally unstoppable. Okay. And I think we want to make. Finance and investing, a super relatable, mm-hmm. b really fun. You yeah. yes. have fun while you're doing
1: it. So big money, then you're talking to a lot of like, um, you know, business people. But more importantly, speaking to the human element of making money, yes. which is, I think, something that resonates with everybody right now. Sure. Um, now, Brenberg, I know, um, you know, there's so much controversy in the news right now, but uh, you've been following the story over in Davos. Okay. Yeah. And we're kind of like, if you guys are watching Davos, just to be specific, I, I see it as a yearly reminder that there's no correlation between wealth and intelligence because there's a lot of stupid things being said. Like, just to be clear, you can have a position on climate change. I don't even need to know it. But what I do know is I've never pulled a pre-cooked fish out of the ocean, like Al Gore says. Right. And the water's boiling. <laughs> so this is what I want to ask you. When it comes to the business of money, Brenberg, is part of the hook of climate change fundraising, no one's going to donate if you say it's getting a little worse. Do they almost have to say we're all going to die tomorrow if you don't? Cut yeah, you got to
2: promise to win the Super Bowl next year if anyone's going to buy season tickets, right? <laughs> so if I come in and say, I got to tell you, actually the world's getting slightly better because yes. people in countries that pollute are also innovating and creating yeah. cleaner mm-hmm. technologies. Everyone's like. No no one's cutting the What are we doing? Who's going to Davos? What's the point of coming here?
1: So let me tell you this. This is true. My first agent in stand-up used to take me to what he called Black Church, a black man, great guy, Tony Camacho. And what he told me is he said that the songs right before the collection plate are always the big powerhouse, bring down the house numbers, because you get everybody worked up emotionally and we're just like, boom. So my question to you, Jackie, mm. as our favorite family dog, by the way, um, I'm kidding. Be the best. Stop it. No, you <laughs> Stop it. We love you, Jackie. Um, are you buying it? Is it? Is it? Is it part of a fundraising hook, as me and Brenberg said? Or do you think? Is, is there some? Are you about to cut a check? Is what I'm saying.
12: I'm not about to cut a check. <laughs> You're asking the wrong girl. It takes a lot to get me to cut a check for anything. Um, but having said that, no, I'm not buying it. Part of this is political theater, right? Uh-huh. They get on that stage. They they know clips are going to come and circulate throughout the mainstream media of what they're saying. And Al Gore used that opportunity to, you know, try to make a splash because he wants to be relevant again. Um, it, uh-huh. What it really all comes down to is action-based solutions. What are we really doing in a constructive way mm-hmm. uh, to solve any energy crisis that we have right now? We destroyed the oil patch here. That's yep. all I can focus on. Yeah,
1: that's nuts. Uh, we're talking to the cast of the Big Money Show, so big the show isn't even airing yet, and they were able to force their way onto my show. <laughs> they're like, "I'm sorry, guys, the live broadcast." They're yeah, like, the, "We're the Big Money Show."
2: This was not an invitation. We just showed up. Oh yeah, no, actually, this is not like, our
1: way in. Yeah, we, no, this we interview
12: crashed your radio th- show. Yeah. That's
1: a true story.
12: I, they told me to come here.
1: I don't listen. It's 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 iffy. It's touch and go. What's going on right now is Brenberg and I are also. I'm in a p- difficult position because I'm mixing friends. Mm. You know, when you mix friends, you have different awkward. relationship. You know, yeah. very you meet this one group of friends, and you're like, by the way, they don't know I drink. Don't mention it. Right. you know what i mean and i have a little bit of that going on on the, on the radio right now is that now i've got you know taylor and i've got of course jackie deangelis but i do have the newly named hollywood brian Bremberg. you know we call you hollywood brian now is that so right is just, that so the, just so the girls understand okay there was a wrestler called hulk hogan the Hulkster in the 80s and uh, he eventually in wrestling like when you reach the end of your shelf life they reinvent you as a new character so they renamed him as hollywood hulk and made him a bad guy, put, like, a black bandana on him and dyed his hair jet black, and then he came back with a whole new thing. (laughs) So now we have a Hollywood Brenberg, because he used to come on as this, like, folksy, when is the ship going to sail in? I'm this brilliant analyst. Hey, can I borrow three bucks? And I'm like, yeah, whatever, Brenberg, I know you're good for it. And now he's, you know, walks in with, you know, two superstar co-hosts, His name on a TV show. Do you understand? He asked. He asked. Excuse me. He asked not to be called Brian. He asked to said it was Mr. Brenberg off the air.
11: Hollywood Brian was because he such a little pretty face. He is pretty. He is.
1: He's very pretty. Let's not discount that for a second. (laughs) That there's also that. Yeah, I don't know that you're quite ready. I think you'd get a call from Wardrobe if you put on the black bandana. Yeah, you know, they used to
2: call me the junkyard dog on this show, though. (laughs) So I think Hollywood Hogan is kind of like a step up from that.
1: Oh, there you go. So Brian Brenberg getting a bump up in class. Well, let's talk a little more about your fabulous show. It launches this Monday. Mm. Uh, I am correct to say that it launches at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, correct? That's correct. I love that we have you sharing a mic now. uh, Because now, you know what it looks (laughs) like now?
5: That last conversation. (laughs) Do do you know what
1: this looks like? is my
11: favorite part. Jackie hates being touched. Oh, this is amazing. Uh, Squeeze her. her. She's a
1: touch freak. And she's going to snap right now? Jackie
11: tells me every day, please don't touch me. And I tell her we're going to hold hands the whole
12: time. Oh, this is
1: amazing. This is amazing. I I
12: actually, true story, and and everyone thinks it's because of the pandemic and everything that happened. When I get mic'd, I always say, don't touch me. I'll do it. It. I've been doing this for 15 years. I can put my mic, you know, I can really? put the mic on. She's and a little like, rescue. Oh, yeah. is it, um, is it the, the pandemic? Is it the COVID? I'm no. like, nope. We're always in this way.
1: How do you? How do you do on the subway? Do you just not ride it?
12: Um, so I used to ride the subway and Mm -hmm. actually I think that would be the root cause of every flu that I've ever gotten. Probably. Um, no, it was hard. You know, you sit there, you you sit like Mm -hmm. this and you, you grin and bear it.
1: Oh yeah. No, the subway, Mm -hmm. like if you're, if you're ever at a loss for like just to be a spoon, like a big spoon, a little spoon, like the one train has you covered. Oh yeah. The one train like this time of day, Mm -hmm. you know, body to body. And I gotta be honest, not everybody on the one train is playing team ball. Uh, sometimes the one train <laughs> can smell like the two train. If you know what I'm saying, you know if you're out there taking oh, man. But this is the biggest argument against climate change: is they're trying to phase out individual transport. Think about that world we're creating here, Jackie DeAngelis. We're creating a world where you potentially wouldn't have a car, you wouldn't yeah. have a cab, you wouldn't have an Uber. You'd have to be back on the train. Isn't that maybe hey, the best argument so against? You, climate you, change? you
2: can't be traumatizing people like this just days before we start our show. But I that's know. you got to toughen Give them a up little now. No, here. come no, on! You
1: got to toughen her up now. You get the adversity in. <laughs> Uh, but Brian Brenberg is here, heretofore to be mentioned as Hollywood Brian Brenberg, Jackie DeAngelis, Taylor Riggs. But the reason I mentioned the mic construct is because now that you're on two, one, two of them on one mic and Brenberg speaking, you look like backup singers in a band. I like did. he <laughs> sings a note. Like,
11: as long as it's not Charlie's Angels,
2: I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is starting to feel a little bit like uh, you know, Elvis 70s. Yeah. Kinda, you you're know, the sweet like, inspiration. I want to cool.
1: try a little something here, okay? Yeah, yeah, give me something. a backbeat. Yeah, oh, give a little backbeat.
11: Share a mic with Jackie or share a mic with Bren- no, I John, don't, can see I don't share
1: mics. Yeah, he's Hollywood Brian Brenberg. The old Brenberg would have gave you his mic to be <laughs> chivalrous and, and left and the studio.
12: He's like turned into the Incredible Hulk.
1: You have no idea. <laughs> I mean. This is because, you know, he's here regular. Like he's, a you know, in the movie Donnie Brasco. They say when I'm describing... Okay. it's a mafia movie. They're like if I'm describing him as a friend of mine, he's like a local knockaround guy, I treat him with respect. But if I say he's a friend of ours, that means he's like a made guy in the mafia. You gotta he's be a nice good to fella. him. Yeah, yeah. So Brenberg is a friend of ours yeah. on this show, as YouTube will both become to be. Now Taylor, um, I want to deal Brian and I want to deal Jackie into our first elevator ride because um, oh, yeah. we've <laughs> survived it. I feel like we've moved on to it and done something constructive with the friendship, but we had the most <laughs> awkward first elevator ride in the history of elevator rides. You understand? I only have a career here because I'm good in elevators. I meet executives.
11: I do card tricks.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't have come and did the hit. So, like, we both got in. We were going. We were in different points in our day. I was running to, like, a live hit. She was leaving for the day. We're both positive energy people, mm-hmm. which sometimes is difficult. Like, you know how they say you never see two homeless guys on the same street corner ranting because they're crazies, cancel each other out? Yeah, yeah. So she got in in full Taylor crazy, like, hi, how are you? And so did I. I was like, hey there, best buddy in the world. What's going on there? Secret handshake, high five. We square danced. And then we were both like, by the way, what do you do? And we both addressed these each other as if we were both interns who knew nothing so maybe we were both semi-insulted because i'm like no i'm employed I think and she was like is, no i host a show i
12: think this is your perception of it because no. she's very normal
1: no 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 we had you, a really i don't know you weren't in that elevator okay you weren't I'm in with that elevator Jimmy.
2: this was like a cage match of positivity Yes. Yeah. Like, no, one it's, person was not going to walk out of here we alive. are
1: force multipliers of positive energy Tail- taylor and i would you not say
11: we both looked at each other and both like, who are you? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. But it was great.
1: And we both had like hair and makeup. So it's, you know, sometimes there's a pride that comes with being on television and that we're all nice, easygoing people. But sometimes you do feel insulted if you're doing something prominent. Like, cause this happens to me as a comedian, like people come up to you and like, Hey, you still doing that comedy thing? I'm like, yeah, I'm um, hosting New Year's Eve to a live stand-up for 10 million people, I guess. Yeah. yeah and it's not because I'm trying to be a jerk. It's because you feel like they're saying it on purpose to undercut your achievement. <laughs> so it's the worst in an elevator. Were you
12: trying to undercut her achievement? No, I didn't know her.
1: I only knew her by name. So I was like, what do you do here? After she asked me what I did.
12: And she's and like, and she's um, like ah. I'm the co-host of the Big Money Show. Who are you? She
1: goes, oh, I co-host with Jackie DeAngelo and Brian Brenberg. And I was like, I am so sorry. I was like, the show hasn't even launched yet. I'm like, get your agent on the phone. Who's your agent? I'll get him on the phone right now. You don't have to do this. Taylor, where did you grow up? I need to know this about you.
11: Small town in the middle of California. And Give I, it to me. I know when you say California, is, I just want to caveat it. You take out L.A. and San Francisco. The rest of us are normal.
1: <laughs> That's true. Right now, we're on KSUE in Susanville. We're in Love Eureka, it. California. Love it. You know, Reno is that part of California that you just described. It bleeds on in. Sacramento, we're on the air out there. Um, and you're right about that. California, so you know, is the Fala family's favorite vacation destination. We go Which there part? And, um, really, we just go and drive. Kennedy, uh, one of your Fox business peers, Uh, has a house in the Palisades and I usually DJ her 4th of July party every year so Jenny and Lincoln come and we get rowdy and then just you need to know this
12: Lincoln Uh, is the cat
1: no my dad's my son he loves the cat we We were talking about the cat
12: in the elevator no no
1: I'm fine I know we were no her and I were talking about the cat but (laughs) how funny would it be because I understand people travel with dogs if you brought your cat on the plane I want to see that like, absent the carrier. You know the way, do you bring a cat on a plane?
11: I am obsessed with cats. No, I love a cat. I, I have know.
1: a cat. I have an 18-year-old cat. But cat. it's
11: like a work in progress to get them in the harness yes, and the carrier, I mean. oh, and then you got to work them through it. That's
1: amazing. So, I, but I, what I was going to say is, so we go out there, we drive everywhere, and um, it's a known thing here at Fox that I give. Brenberg, you'd appreciate this. I give the best OJ tour in the history of the O.J. Mm. tour. Like, I could work for TMZ because where Kennedy lives is right by O.J.'s old house at Rockingham, which is right by the Nicole house. I didn't know that. Yes, when when people get me all hopped up in her backyard and I'm no longer in any position to drive, we will get a volunteer OK, and someone will I'll have them drive us and we drive like the O.J. route yeah. and then we oh, go on like geez. a chase. Oh, and, and do you know what he drives? Guys?
12: I, I was going to ask to go to Kennedy's
5: party, but now I, I No, know. no, it's, so a, good hearing, it's right? a good tour. It's a good. It's
1: good. It's, it's crazy, that. weird, dark history. But I do have a white Bronco. He drives a white Bronco. Not like the O.J. Nice. kind. I have the new one. Uh-huh. But I will tell you since I got it, my wife's never been nicer. I mean she doesn't fight, she didn't know nothing. I'm kidding. It's good jokes. These are jokes, Taylor. These are jokes. Taylor's like, my God
2: Again, again with the traumatizing you know, before be the fine. show starts. It's It's gonna be fine. This that. is how
1: it works. It's gonna be fine. You guys Just are hosting throw me into the deep end. The big this that's how big this thing. that's how you learn to swim. Listen, you survive the elevator, everything's gonna be fine. So Monday is launch day. Um, has everyone picked out their outfits yet? How far along are we? This is what I need to know. It up are oh, you guys yeah. ready to go We're
11: ready
2: go I did
1: get some guidance today by the way I hadn't got
2: any guidance uh-huh the dark suits right I need oh. to go with the dark okay suit. okay yeah.
1: well you know what you'll figure out and this is the one cool thing about hosting your own show is you're going to look so incredible. Like The only thing I've noticed as a guy who does everyone else's show is you get a feel for everyone's studio's lights and mm-hmm. what colors good look good and bad. So if you're in the same studio every day, you're going to have it down. Like I'm, I'm just saying you might look hideous Monday. I'm not going to lie. No, no, I'm kidding. Our studio is incredible. Yeah,
12: we that's
1: what I'm saying. I've, no, I've seen the graphics day. package. It's amazing. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, think about how much enthusiasm I must have to have you on to promote a show that's on the air while I'm on the air. Yeah. This is <laughs> technically a fool's errand.
2: This is the beginning of the end. And for Phala, so he's trying to enjoy it. The
1: radio executive is like, what is he doing? He's tanking the show. I'm I'm sending the listeners elsewhere. I mean, I must be enthusiastic about the product. No. Um, So is it true, though, Taylor, that you got it in your contract that you can't ride the elevator with me ever again? That's all I want to know.
11: Not a chance. Are we friends now? I look forward to riding the elevator with
1: you. Uh, She is challenging you. know know who doesn't look forward to it? Hollywood? No, whatever poor person gets stuck with us that doesn't know either of us. And now they're walking (laughs) into that fan of, Hi! You guys are my best friends! Because we're happy. Jackie, are you pumped for Monday?
12: I am so excited. I mean, we've been ready to go already, so I'm like, you know, we're doing all this stuff, and it's been a lot of fun, but, you know, I'm just ready to pull the trigger.
1: Well, well, um, yeah. And pointed at Brenberg, or? Well, (laughs) no. <laughs> I just, I just need to know for my own purposes. No, OJ, no. It, it is the big OJ show. <laughs> Jackie DeAngelis, Taylor Riggs, Hollywood, Brian Brenberg, and yes, I do sir. mean Hollywood, Florida, not the fancy, <laughs> not the fancy <laughs> yeah, Hollywood. Right. But we will all be tuning in Monday. It is a must-watch. Thanks, you guys. Hey,
12: can what? we come back
1: on this show? Yeah. Wait, can you wait? Hold on a second. You went into, um, just because I don't want to lose you to the commercial. Can you come back to this show? Yeah. Oh, um, the answer would be no. Back after this. <laughs>
0: The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Thala.
1: Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Thala. We're here in New York City. Lovely this time of year because it's cold out, which means you can't actually smell the place. That's a win for us. But we head down to Greener Pastures, Jimmy Another Jimmy hanging out in Cromwell, Oklahoma. My man, Jimmy!
10: Hey,
7: Jimmy, how are you today?
1: Good, man. We needed some good Oaky You're not energy. not
7: boiling over or anything. <laughs> New York's not boiling, blo- uh, boiling away or nothing. I'm
1: just checking. New York could use a douse of boiling water, to be honest, just to sterilize us a little bit. But is there anything more ridiculous than John Kerry's boiling water?
7: Well, that's what I'm talking about. Anybody, let me explain it for them in just common terms. Mm-hmm. Climate change is a scam. <laughs> it is to take your money and your freedom. Mm-hmm. Climate change is the natural evolution of the earth. It gets warmer. It gets colder. It gets warmer. It gets colder. Repeat, repeat, uh-huh. repeat. Mm-hmm. In the seventies, they said we're going to have an ice age. Give us money. Mm-hmm. And then it was, global warming, give us money. Yep. <laughs> now it's climate change, give us money. Yep. See the pattern?
1: Oh, believe me, I see it well, and I'm not spending a dime. I'm saving it for beer, Jimmy. How about you?
7: Uh, that's what I'm talking about. It's just <laughs> no, it, it makes no sense you, whatsoever. You are Anybody damn right. Anybody thinks that they can control a four-billion-year-old Earth.
1: What Jimmy is saying to John Kerry is, hey— You're full of
0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Hey, 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 look who is back in action in what can only be described as the bottom of the ninth of this radio ball game this week on Fox Across America. One hour to go in the radio work week that I'm taking my talents to primetime television. You will see me on with the great Sean Hannity tonight at 9 p.m. But we're going big in the final hour. Uh, Lincoln Fail is going to be here. My son is going to be helping you uh, overcome this Biden recession that they keep telling us is looming as we've got a disastrous border. We've got this investigation out in Delaware. I mean, Biden is such a disaster. It really is. And Lincoln Fail is going to come by to try to make you some money betting NFL football. This weekend, Lincoln will preview the NFL playoffs and give you a pick against the spread in all four games. Uh, And we are also going to be speaking with, I think more importantly, if you're listening to this as a political enthusiast, the man who is leading the congressional investigation into the Biden family. Are you the big man, Joe? The man tasked with answering that question, James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee, is going to join us in this hour. 888 788 9910. If you want to be the opening act for Lincoln, if you want to be the opening act for Comer, we don't care what you believe, how you vote, what you're attracted. None of it matters on this show. It's an all inclusive. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, we don't. We ask every day that you be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian. Just don't be a. It's the only hook of the show. So happy Friday. So we enter hour number three. Uh, We begin down at the southern border uh, when, I got to be honest, Joe Biden, Secretary Mayorkas, that entire crowd that has been tasked with, you know, protecting the front door of our house. You have no
3: idea how to defend a nation.
1: None. Okay, I bring up the border because one of the investigations that Representative Comer is going to be leading is not only the oversight investigation Into Joe Biden's son, uh, that being the kid who did business in Ukraine. Hunter's a dirtbag. But yes, we're going to talk about our current border policy. Okay, our current border policy of ending Remain in Mexico, which of course gave all the power back to the cartels. Our current border policy of ending construction on the border wall, our current border policy of fighting in Title 42, fighting Title 42 all the way up to the Supreme Court so they didn't have to enforce
5: it. This is total crap. Is it ever?
1: And they get out there after all of that. They trot Karine Jean-Pierre out to the podium to tell us the border is closed.
7: Stop lying to us.
1: Are they ever? And the reason I come back to this story over and over and over again Is everybody listening? You probably listen to me because I do this like once a week, maybe twice a week. You go, ah, you know, why Jimmy keep talking about the border? I don't care about the border. I don't live in a border state. doesn't affect me. That is a fact check false. Okay, we don't have a single-state border problem in Texas or a double-state border problem if you factor in Arizona. We have a problem in all 50 states because the fentanyl coming across our southern border— is the number one killer of adults in this country. Fentanyl kills more people between the ages of 18 and 45 than anything else in the country. And I have a 14-year-old kid running around right now, okay? And I know a lot of you have kids as well. And I'm telling you because I care. We are not living in the world we grew up in, okay? It matters to me. Like, my kid matters to me. Your kid matters to you, okay? And I can't impress this upon you enough. Nobody is overdosing on fentanyl, okay? They're being poisoned from fentanyl. And the reason I make that distinction, just so you understand really quick, is an overdose implies, yeah, someone did so many drugs that eventually caught up to him and killed him. You know, we all knew people who overdosed growing up, and we always knew that overdosed meant exactly that. Someone who was doing a ton of drugs. This guy overdosed. Wow, what a junkie. He overdosed? How much drugs was he on? Okay, but nowadays... We're in a totally different—it's a totally different ball game, where a recreational drug user goes out, takes an Adderall for the first time in their life, and dies. What the hell is the world coming to? And end if you don't start stepping up to the plate and demanding action on our border. Okay, there is a really disgusting dereliction of duty in Washington right now when it comes to the border. Reason being is because the politics is always going to be more important than the people. And what I mean by that is the border is a liability for Biden because he ran for president on being the opposite of Trump, whether Trump's positions were good or bad. Now, when it comes to the border, Trump's positions, are you ready for it? They were the best we've ever had. I don't care if you like them. I don't care if you're one of those people who hates him all day so you don't have to hate himself. I don't care. I'm not an activist. OK, but I'm an honest person. I'm lucky enough to have this platform I do not get on the air with any agenda aside from the truth. I don't get on the air fighting for any party aside from the big one, which is the country. OK, Republican, Democrat, I don't owe anybody my own loyalty. OK, the truth. I do have an obligation to the truth. And when it comes to the Biden administration, OK, the truth is they have really failed this country. I agree with that. And it's disgusting because what they did, and this is the part that's so shameful is what they did is they got in and they repealed policies that they themselves had supported in the past. Okay, understand, when it comes to build a wall, okay, every political party, Republican or Democrat, they both voted for border wall construction. In the past, they voted for border wall construction under George W. Bush. Correct the mundo. And they voted for border wall construction under Barack Obama. Correct the mundo. So every one of these Democrats that's like, we should be building bridges, not walls. Well, guess what? They all voted to build walls, too. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. And that's the scam. Okay, political opposition is supposed to come with a basic decency. Meaning, yeah, you can have philosophical differences with the other party, but you're not supposed to go out there and espouse policies that you know will physically harm this country just because you want to damage your political opponent. But that's what they did. Trump came down an elevator, gave a -a build-a-wall speech, not in the most eloquent terms imaginable. And what did the Democrats do? They immediately, immediately positioned wall security – As racist in the court of public opinion, because most of the people consuming their emotionalist talking points are low information people. Their emotions are their facts. I'm not saying that to be mean. Do you know what percentage of society thinks Trump said all Mexicans are drug dealers and rapists? He didn't say that. He said, Mexico, I don't believe, is sending us their best. They're sending drugs. They're sending crime. They're sending rapists. And the rest, I assume, are good people. Is that a perfect soundbite? The answer would be no. No, not even close. Okay, if a, screen, if a script writer wrote that for you, oh, in all honesty, and you were a traditional politician, you'd read the speech and be like,
9: get him out of here. Get him out.
1: But the truth is, Trump's speaking in terms that weren't carefully scripted, that weren't traditional political showbiz. Okay, it resonated with people because the appetite to have him in office only existed because of the 40 years of dysfunction that defined our government before he got there.
3: We have people in Washington that don't know what
2: they're doing.
1: And deep down, everybody knew that. That's why he got good support from independents. That's why he got good support within the party and clowned everybody he ran against. That's why right now, as I speak to you, he has a great chance of being a Republican nominee. I think he's going to have a hard time winning the general election, but how could you rule him out? You couldn't, not with the level of dysfunction coming from the Democratic side of the aisle. You just couldn't. Okay, we could have a long spirited debate about who we think our best Republican nominee would be. Okay, but the fact remains, no matter who the Republicans run, they have a shot against this current incarnation of the Democratic Party because nobody in the White House has any idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala
12: Harris, and I approve this message.
1: But when it comes to the politics of the border— you have to understand they've been so concerned with limiting the political damage it does to their party that they've been willing to turn a blind eye towards actual human suffering, like real bad ones, though. Okay. You know, when you talk about migrants suffocating in tractor trailers, we've had over, that happen to over 100 people. Okay. You know how many people we've had drowned in the river trying to get across into the country? Over 100 people. Do you know when you talk about 5 million people have crossed this border illegally? of the women who cross this border illegally get sexually assaulted. That is a fact. Okay, if by the numbers, you can conservatively say 2 million women have crossed this border illegally, okay, since Biden got into office. 30% of that is 600,000 sexual assaults. Is Biden saying anything about those 600,000 sexual assaults? The answer would be no. How about the over a quarter of a million people that have been poisoned and died from fentanyl. We doing anything about that? The answer would be no. Not really. Biden went down to the border, and it was a fake visit. They shipped all the migrants out of town, swept up all the tent cities in El Paso, sent them to a migrant detention center that nobody was in. What a fraud! they are like, ah, well, we went down there, but yet there was nobody there. I guess the problem isn't so bad. Why? Because the perception was more important to them than the reality. Okay, so this is what they're always dealing with. There was a perception out there that Biden wouldn't go to the border because he didn't want to bring attention to it. And that eventually became a political liability because as migrants got relocated to Democratic cities, you had people start to speak up in Democratic cities and in Democratic states like Colorado. They started saying, hey, we don't have the resources to do this. We're getting completely overwhelmed. How dare you? Okay, and understand that became a liability. So Biden wanted to beat back the perception that he didn't go. So he we went down there and created the false perception that he did go, meaning he flew down to Texas, went to El Paso, but he didn't visit anything where any of the carnage was occurring. Okay, he can tell you he did, but not even close. Okay, they swept out the migrant center. They swept out the 10 cities. Okay, it was nowhere near, you know, the epicenter of all of the problems. Because why? Why, 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 why? Because they don't care. But I need you to understand, we do have to care. Okay, this is a light show. My kid's going to be on the close of the show. I'm lucky to have a kid, okay? And one of the things I tell them every day is you can't do drugs. We, it's not what we grew up in. We grew up in an area where you do, you do drugs. You smoke weed. Everybody knew people did drugs, drank, whatever. You do whatever you want. It doesn't work that way now. Now they get poisoned and they die. And you're not overstating this if you go out of your way to make that point to your kids, Okay. But this is the problem. When politics become more important than individual people, you start to hear weapons grade stupidity out of the left. Okay. You remember Biden saying weeks ago, hey, when are you going to go to the border? Ah, I got better stuff to do. More important issues. Really? The number one cause of adult death in this country is not important enough to go make a visit. You know what I'm saying? It's
7: people with a dirty mind that think like that.
1: Is it ever? And here's Whoopi Goldberg. I have to, I know you're going to kill me, but I have to play you a clip. I have to play you a clip from The View. No, God!
4: No, God, please, no! No! No!
1: Here's Whoopi Goldberg saying Texas should send money to New York for immigrants. Clip 39.
7: All these states get money. I don't understand why Texas is a share in some of that money. The federal government money. yeah yeah i mean if you're going to do that that's where i would go for them colorado listen i know you sent all these folks maybe you didn't realize but you need to send some cash because you're doing exactly now what you're accusing the federal government of not doing you're doing the same thing so i want to see somebody say hold up either we all take this money and we give it to all the states and people Deal with it because everybody's getting it, or you're not going to get it, and we're going to have a big fight. Yeah. Somebody has to, there has to be an adult in the room, and my concern is that there isn't, and there's not going to be for some time. What would you do with the brain if you had one?
1: That's a really good question to ask anybody. I mean, literally anybody who's on the view or even watching it. The view is awful. But the point she's trying to make is, well, Texas gets federal money, they should be giving it to Colorado. No, no, no. No state should be sending states any money. No state should be sending states any migrants because in a perfect world, we don't have to because the border's closed and we're telling people to come here legally. Remember that? Legally. Okay, it's not don't come. It's not a racist, we don't want you. The country was built on immigration, but the immigration that built the country was legal. Okay, when they came to America, went to Ellis Island, they got processed and bought into the country and became part of what is now known as the American dream. In leaving the border open... Okay, what you're getting is waves of illegal migration where people get sexually assaulted and human trafficked, where drugs get smuggled in and and kill our youth, and where the one guarantee is that everyone coming here illegally is now on the dole and you're paying for it in your tax dollars. Okay, so Whoopi Goldberg saying, oh, just Texas, step up and help Colorado if you're going to take. No, how about Biden step up and help America? Because not only are we dying from fentanyl, but we're paying for the money that's letting it all come in. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your
4: savings, and your retirement.
0: The critics have spoken.
4: It's
10: a mess. It's a
4: mess.
0: This is Fox Across America.
1: Folks, as you know, We are broadcasting out in Fargo on WZFG, a fantastic station. And if you listen to their morning show every day, I'm sorry. Uh, But no, joining us now on the line is a man who knows a thing or two about that morning show, my good radio buddy, Kevin Flynn on the phone. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. This is a big deal for me. Um, Thank you for the surprise visit. This is a big deal for me. You just pulled a Kool-Aid and roller skated right through the wall. Oh, yeah. Now you're just on my show. That's how we roll. You have Kool-Aid privileges?
13: I, I, apparently, and by the way, you said it's cold in New York. I'm in Fargo. I say, hold
1: my beer, dude. (laughs) I would, but it froze to your hands. You know what's funny about that? What's so- No tongues on frozen poles ever up here, man. What is so funny, dude, is when everyone was out here last year, when you guys had the Fargo trip out and the listeners were out and stuff, it was like the, it was the coldest day of the year in New York and all the Fargo people didn't even have jackets on. <laughs> they were just all like, guys were in short-sleeved oh. shirts. One guy had shorts on. I'm like, what's going on here, Fargo?
13: No, it gets to twenty here, and it's t-shirt weather. I, I'm not kidding you, not.
1: Are...
3: But,
13: dude, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, this, this whole thing with Biden watching this, and that you love movies. Mm-hmm. First of all, when you know you see him turn around and he's looking for people to shake hands with and things, it reminds me of when DiNunzio's caddying for Mister Havacamp in Caddyshack. You remember that? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like, oh, your ball's over here, Mr. Havocat. It's so, a no, over overcome. Wee, that's a beach, huh? But the, dude, this whole thing is like Weekend at Bernie's. It's like watching a non stop episode of Weekend at Bernie's. Every day they walk Bernie out, they tie the ropes to his wrist, and they yank him up, and he waves, and he. Looks like he's talking, and you know what the (laughs) big actually, you know the movie's over. We got to do it again tomorrow.
1: Well, you know what the bigger concern is is that analogy works, but it's also weekended Bernies in that they're making him run Bernie Sanders policies. Like I'm more concerned (laughs) with the weekended Vermont Bernies than the actual movie weekended Bernies because it's (laughs) getting pricey, (laughs) Flynn. It's getting pricey.
13: uh, Yeah, I can't afford it, but hey, you know, I got my way to get some $7
1: eggs. (laughs) Answer me this. Give me some career advice, okay? I'm going on with Hannity tonight, and me and Hannity are cool. We have a lot of laughs in the green room, but as a joke, he booked me last night. He's done this to me twice, where I do his show two or three times a week. But sometimes he books me on—they book you on TV, the news changes, and you get canceled. Can I accuse him of saying he booked me that extra night just so I promote his show all day to give him the ratings and then he can cancel me last second? Or do you think he throws a jujitsu karate chop at me?
10: Oh,
13: uh, I think he's uh, – well. Oh, that's a 1,000% shameless. I mean, you know. <laughs> He's, he's, oh, he'll, he'll use anybody he can. I mean, look where he is. Oh, he's, he's
1: ha- the man! It's, it's true. He's on. The, he's the king of the mountain, so he gets to do stuff like that. Is what you're hey, saying? Yeah, yeah.
13: You, you know, right. he's a user, and uh, you know, uh, enjoy it while you
1: can. Oh man, so you're gonna get me punched in the face? That's all right. It'll save me money. I normally pay that woman on Craigslist. Uh, Kevin. So much- Hey, hey, girl. This is everything uh, I thought it would be, and I did it anyway. Uh, you're the best, man. Hey,
13: I can't wait to get you to Fargo, man.
1: Let's Dude, I'm happen. coming. It is a thing. It is a campaign promise I will keep. I'll talk to you offline, buddy. You're the best. Happy Friday. James Comer leading the investigation into Joe Biden. He joins us when we come back. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble.
0: It's America's Life Coach. Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: We are so lucky to have about five minutes with this next guest because he's got about a hundred investigations to lead, and after that, I understand he's going to a Delaware garage sale to buy classified information. Pretty fancy. Uh, representative from the great state of Kentucky, the chair of the House Oversight Reform Committees, James Comer, back on the show. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. I mean, for all the lectures we heard about being reckless with classified information i got to be honest, leaving him on the floor of a garage next to a Corvette doesn't exactly sound like you're playing defense. Not at all, especially
8: considering Hunter lived there for two years and he's kicked out of a hotel, a fancy hotel, and – in California, banned from ever coming back because of the drug use, types yeah. of people he was mm-hmm. bringing in there. And then he got banned from an office building in uh, Georgetown. Mm-hmm. So he's been banned from uh, respectable establishments on each coast. But yet he's living in a house with uh, classified documents laying around.
1: Yeah, that is a crazy one, man. And, and I got to tell you, I know you guys had a lot on your plate when you took back control of the house. Uh, but this I feel like there 's such an obvious overlap between the hunter investigation and the classified document investigation because of what you just cited and the fact that if he 's paying him fifty thousand dollars a month to rent his house okay uh and we know market rate is seventy six hundred dollars according to Zillow in that ballpark. it does speak to something else uh you know being tucked into that fee, does it not
8: yeah, we have a proven that he was spending yeah. that for his dad but okay. we, we're pretty confident he was uh paying for a lot of the expenses at the house okay. Now, with with respect to the with respect to the uh the classified documents and why it's a concern mm-hmm. look the biden family influence peddling scheme has taken in millions of dollars from china mm-hmm. and, and millions of dollars from from Ukraine. Now, why are they investing this much money with the Biden? They expect to get something in return. Yep. And what our concern is is this family and this White House is compromised because of all the money they've taken from these shady characters in these foreign countries. So you know, when we find out that there's classified documents misplaced lying around in a place where Hunter Biden and and both Joe Biden's brothers, who are all in the you know, influence peddling scheme, are in and out of, then it's a concern and it is an integral part of the
1: influence peddling investigation. It's fascinating. We're talking to Kentucky Representative James Comer chair of the House Oversight and Reform Committees. Um, The other thing I know you guys are investigating, and I believe it got going today, is the border. And, um, you know, specifically what we've described as a dereliction of duty Uh, at the border. We had cartel drug violence apparently spill into California this week. Is that the assumption law enforcement is going with out there?
8: Yeah, the law enforcement all across America is concerned about what's going on at the border, and they're begging House Republicans in our new majority to try to hold this administration accountable and make them do something to secure the border so they can get crime under control, they can get fentanyl under control, and they can get this human trafficking under control.
1: Well, that's the part I think is getting misrepresented, and it drives me crazy, is you and I have had this conversation a hundred times. The border is the front door of the House, and it doesn't stay in Texas. The drugs that come into Texas make it to all 50 states. But What people keep trying to characterize this border investigation as is, you know, some type of political payback or hit job. But the point you just made is the goal of these investigations is to get them to do something because they're not doing anything. Like, did did you watch the Biden border visit and come away from it thinking he had gotten more serious about the border? Because no one I know
5: did.
8: No, it was a joke, and it's sad that they spent so much time cleaning up El Paso for a 12-hour period when we've all been seeing images of El Paso being overrun for you know years now, and yet they clean it up for one day, and Joe Biden probably in his – mindset thinks that there's not that big a deal on the on the border. And what we want to do in these hearings is bring in frontline workers yeah. and bring in people who have been impacted yep. by the the massive amount of illegals crossing that border and let them understand what's really going on. Let, let them hear, in our first hearing, from government officials on the front lines what's really going on. Because the Biden administration doesn't let them talk to nope. the press. Nope. They don't want them coming before our committee. We're we're trying to make them come to our committee so they can tell the truth about what's going on.
1: I, everybody needs to hear it, so that would be a home run if you could pull it off. My last question, um, has Jim Jordan uh, demanded that you guys all root for the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend?
8: No, no, a, that's a hard one for me. I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. Oh, course, they, uh, they, didn't, they didn't make it, no, so, they didn't. Uh,
1: you know, that's a whatever. Rant. Well, listen, as long as he doesn't make you put on the Bengals jersey. He's pushing pretty hard on our show. And uh, I I told them I was deferring to whatever you do. So thanks for getting me out of it as well. Uh, Representative Comer, I know you got a lot of work to do. Get back to it. But the American people appreciate the hustle, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Jim. Appreciate you. You You too, my man. There he goes, the great James Comer. And uh, he is not. He does not have to root for the Bengals. Lincoln Phelan might. He is going to join us in the next segment to let us know where we should be betting our inflation money this weekend on Fox.
0: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Phelan.
5: Coming to you live from the end of the week (laughs) Jimmy Fallon and his son, Lincoln. There it is. Fox Across America, the Link Man, is in the house
1: for a big Friday episode of the show. Why is it big, son? What Divisional
5: round playoffs. You're damn right.
1: NFL playoffs this weekend, which means the 14-year-old kid you're listening to right now could be homeless come Monday. Depending Maybe. on how his dad's bets do. And my Draft Kings. <laughs> Between Draft Kings and dad betting money, we might have to do, you know, how we've been doing Mikey Mondays to get Mikey a date on the show. Yeah. We might have to do Adopt a Lincoln. Do you
5: think any of the listeners would take you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Why? Because they like you on the radio? Yeah. But. Isn't there Did you be, come home every day and go you've no idea how many people ask about you. Oh, they do ask you about you. You have no idea how many people They're like, always like like how you do on the show. No, stuff. they always do that. They're like,
1: "What's it like having a special needs child? Mm. Is that challenging?" Mm. That's what they say. No, they love you, Link man. I They're, got
5: better grades than you.
1: You know what? I always make fun of you on the air, like on TV. I made fun of you on Stuart Varney on Thursday. And I said to him, like, I can only call my son dumb on the air because he's smart. Like, for real. You would If you had a dumb kid, you'd be a real monster to go on yeah. the air and be like, yeah, this idiot, kid him yeah, off. This guy sucks. <laughs> Get him out of here. We should have held on to the receipt. But Lincoln has agreed to be our celebrity guest picker this weekend. Uh, he is going to pick the games. That his dad bets on the show. So you have some serious skin in this game. Mm-hmm. We got four matchups uh, after last week. we come now uh, one week closer to the Super Bowl. Basically, the winner of this week's games will face off next week in the conference championship games with the winner of that Going it's to the, the Super cool. Bowl. Something about a Pro Bowl in between, but does anybody
5: watch the Pro no, Bowl? No, it's a flag football game now.
1: <laughs> it's, isn't even that anymore?
5: It's <laughs> a, No, people get mad about all these Pro Bowl snubs. Yeah, it's like a thing to put next year in Abe and whatever. Oh, I was a Pro Bowler, but like it's not really worth anything. No, no. If they wanted to make You'd it rather f- be the all-pro team than if a they, Pro they, Bowler. If they wanted to make it fun, you know what they should do? Just take
1: cameras and follow the players to all the strip clubs and just call it the Hobo. In Vegas, yeah. <laughs> the, oh, every night's the Hobo in Vegas. Are you kidding me? That's all they do. Uh, but Lincoln Fela is in the house. It is Friday. We've got four games on the schedule. You're going to pick them for me against the spread, son. Uh, and you can do your own thing on DraftKings. I won't make you reveal your picks on the air. But how is that going?
5: Uh, I don't actually have it. It's a joke.
1: Oh, okay. You're just in, like, fantasy I, I leagues? I think
5: I know who's going to win. Okay. But that's, uh like, as far as your
1: fantasy leagues go... Is that does money get changed hands at the age of fourteen? No. It's kind of lax
5: parental oversight you have, but you're not actually betting money. So what is it, like smack talk bragging rights? Yeah, no, pretty much if you come in last you have to do a punishment that the winner decides. Oh no. If you come in last place out of everyone, the winner of the whole thing gets to choose what you gotta do. Let me
1: just jump in here. Okay, because like once a year, and if you watch news, there's always a group of dopey white kids. That makes, like, their friend, like, we told him to drink antifreeze because he came in last. And the kid, like, drops dead. Don't be those people. There was
5: uh, this thing. You go to, like, IHOP or Waffle House. You have to stay there for 24 hours, but each waffle or pancake you eat minuses one hour. (laughs) So if you can put up 15 pancakes have to be there seven hours. What do you think your
1: record is for pancakes? Like when you were, not now because you're in such good shape, but when you looked like the toughest woman in prison, like two years ago when Maybe, you had your like mullet? Maybe like
5: six because I couldn't eat a lot of pancakes. I'd have to eat other stuff with it. But.
1: Yeah, so it's the, and that's the side stuff that weighs you down, like the sausages yeah. and stuff like that. All right, well, the point is we're not going to be able to afford food if you don't win these bets. So buckle up, Link, man. Here we go. First game Saturday, 4.30 in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time. The Jaguars going to Arrowhead Stadium, the Kansas Chiefs. City Chiefs, they play host to the Jaguars. Just before you say the Chiefs, the audience should know, the Chiefs are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, which means the Chiefs need to win by nine points or more in order for you to get paid. The Chiefs win the game by seven. I'm turning tricks behind Port Authority. If the Chiefs win by nine, I'm still turning tricks behind Port Authority, but not because I need the money, just for the fun.
5: Well, the Chiefs obviously should be favorites, and I think they're going to win by a lot more. Uh, only because of this. In a interview, Trevor Lawrence said he doesn't expect Arrowhead to be much louder than it was in Jacksonville <laughs> this last Saturday. I'm not kidding. He actually said that.
1: Wow. So he's going to be able to hear them from Jacksonville when he gets on the plane to fly to Kansas City. So do you think that's going to work against him like rookie mistake type yeah, thing? Yeah, definitely. And they're going to give him the business? Talking
5: too early, yeah.
1: But be honest, though. One thing, okay? So you're taking the Chiefs minus the eight and a half, and you think the crowd's going to get them over the top. Be honest. Is there a girl in Clark High School as pretty as Trevor Lawrence?
5: Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is a hot chick, isn't he? Yeah. Did you see uh, <laughs> Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence had the most combined hair in a playoff game?
1: Ever. <laughs> that was an NFL record? Yeah. They both have like shoulder length hair. Very dreamy locks, right? Lincoln Phelan in studio. He is picking NFL playoff games. His pick number one is the Chiefs over the Jaguars. Pick number two, Saturday night, 8-15. This is a hometown game for us. The New York football Giants head down the road to Philadelphia, where we are streaming on WPHT. Philadelphia laying 7.5 points. You know it's a rowdy fan base. If they win, they knock down light poles. They beat up police horses. Uh, should the police horses be cowering in
5: fear from an Eagle celebration, or will the Giants... Pull the upset plus the seven and a half. I don't know if they can cover the spread, but I would take the Giants to win outright. Oh, then they'll cover the spread. Then they just give winning. So just so you know the way this works, and I'm glad you don't know
1: uh, completely, because at your age, I did know and uh, didn't end well for me. Uh, The Giants are getting seven and a half points. So what that means is as long as they don't lose by more than seven and a half, like eight points or more, Giants lose by six, you win. Giants lose by seven, you win. Giants win the game, you win any combination that's not the Giants losing by nine points, ten points, you dig? So you say the Giants plus the points. Mm-hmm. All right, so Saturday we got the Chiefs minus eight and a half. We got the Giants plus seven and a half. Are you ready for Sunday? Mm-hmm. Man, I think the family's going to like that Giants pick, by the way. You know, we have, like, my whole staff, Josh. You watched football with Josh yeah. and Mikey last week. Uh, Josh was pretty well behaved, right? Mm-hmm. Like we had Mikey cons- got rowdy. <laughs> Mikey, to his credit. Just drank beer the whole event. He stuck with one drink. I was actually, weren't you kind of proud of Mikey knowing yeah. what we know about him? Mm-hmm. You know, there's the potential that we wind up having to pull Mikey out of the bushes. You know, he's arguing with a parking meter. Then he comes back in <laughs> crying and he's like, You guys are my best friends. Like, we didn't have that, Mikey. We had a good Mikey. Not this weekend. Tip of the <laughs> Tip of the Cap, Mikey. Sunday, three PM. Okay. The Buffalo Bills are at home. They play host to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bills are laying five and a half points, which means they got to win by six or more in order to cover the spread, do you take the Bills or do you go with your Ohio family and ride with Joe Burrow? There's one,
5: there's like one factor mm-hmm. in this. If they wheel out DeMar Hamlin onto the field, they're winning that game by 50. But if they don't, Cincinnati has a pretty good shot. So you like the Bengals unless this like feel-good Disney storyline thing. Uh-huh, because they also – neither of them played that great last week. They both came really close games to teams they shouldn't have been close games with. Yep, and it's going to be about negative 80 in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. It is
1: so cold. Like, you know when you turn on a playoff game, there's always, like, those four idiots with no shirts on yeah. in the crowd?
5: with, like, bills spelled on their chest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, the only bills I'm worried about are the ones I might not be able to pay if you don't cover, so give me the haps. You take – I need a definitive pick here with assuming we don't know what Demar what's going to become of Demar Hamlin obviously we want him to be well enough to make it to the game but would would they use him here
5: that's what I'm thinking because like, I feel like if they were to use him, probably for the AFC Championship game, if they were to make it. Yeah. But the Bengals' offense has been really hot lately. So
1: what do you do? Do you take the Bengals Maybe plus the, the points? Maybe bang-
5: the Bengals, yeah.
1: Lincoln Fela is riding with Bill Hemmer. He's trying to help his dad stay on America's Newsroom this Monday. Good job. Well played, son. Uh, Sunday. Thanks for the 20. <laughs> Sunday. Well, you better take that 20 now. I might not have it. Sunday, 6 p.m., final game of the weekend. San Francisco 49ers at home in Santa Clara where they play
5: giving 4 points to the Dallas Cowboys. They should be favored by way more. The Cowboys are frauds. <laughs> why do you say that the 49ers are ranked number one in all scoring offense and number one defense and there's no way that the Cowboys beat them this week wow so you go all in on the Niners oh yeah definitely they are 11 and 0 since getting Christian McCaffrey and haven't lost a game with Brock Purdy is that true is Brock Purdy 6 and 0 yeah Brock Purdy has like three passing touchdowns per game or something like that wow do you think the San Francisco running game is good Because they're just used to
1: getting chased by crazy people on the sidewalks.
5: Really good. They have a really good running back duo, too, and they have a mobile quarterback. So, yeah.
1: Um, What do you think the most disturbing thing happened to our family when we were in San Francisco? Was it the The Uber driver? (laughs) What was his name? Stevenson. Yes, Stevenson. Stevenson. We had an Uber driver who picked us up with sunglasses, who didn't really talk to us, but was doing like 100 mile an hour over hills, and uh, it was concerning. But I think probably the most disturbing thing mommy witnessed is there was, uh, at the time, uh, a 10-year-old kid, 11-year-old kid in the car. 10, nine, 10, 10, 9. Right. We were driving around in a convertible in San Francisco. And every time we got to a group of crowded people, the 10-year-old was yelling out expletives <laughs> at the group of people. And they would just turn their head and be like, what the hell? And then we would drive away. And your mom, to her credit, is a decent woman. And was like, this has to stop. This is embarrassing. It can't go on. But it was so funny to me. And <laughs> we just kept rolling up on more people. And he was yelling. I don't even know if we can say this on the air, but he would just, he'd just yell by, like, he'd drive by a group of random people and be like, penis! They were like, wait, what? We would just drive away. And again, if you're 10, you're in a convertible, you're in a
5: foreign land, was it not the most fun thing in the world? Yeah, it was also like 9 o'clock. We were jet-lagged. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and to be honest with you, you were yelling it. I mean, if you walk a block in San Francisco, you'll see it. So I think, if anything, you were a breath of fresh air. Bottom line, Lincoln has two home teams, two away teams to recount. Kansas City Chiefs minus 8.5 over the Jaguars in a route, he says. He says Saturday night you take the Giants plus – the seven and a half against the Eagles. Sunday, you've got the Bengals plus five and a half against the Bills. And Sunday night, you say the 49ers run over. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Wow, Lawrence Jones and Will Kane are going to be great on Twitter if that happens. Those two are big Texans, big Cowboy guys, but they're emotional. Like, they were having breakdowns last uh, Monday night when the kicker on the Cowboys couldn't kick an extra point. Could you kick one of four extra points if you had a shot?
5: I don't. Depends on how close it is because you're also on pads, too. I don't think I can kick without them. Oh, okay. Well, at least you're realistic. You know, because everybody's like, oh, I could have made those kicks. I'm like, no, you couldn't. Sometimes if they're, like, if they're kickers banged up, they'll bring in like, the backup safety who can, for some reason, kick extra points. Yeah,
1: he had, like he played soccer for a week in college. Yeah. yeah, no, but you do respect how good and talented these guys mm-hmm. are. One of the funniest things I've ever seen in the comedy club is Chris Rock wore a Red Sox hat to the comedy seller. And uh, he was wearing it for fashion, as people do. He's not like a fan. And somebody was like, Red Sox suck. And he goes, they're better than you. <laughs> that's like that's the truth of the NFL yeah. it's like fat guys that are on their third pizza telling some guy who's like an Olympian, I
5: could have I could have caught
1: that <laughs> coach should have put me in. would have been state champs yeah Lincoln Phelan the Uncle Rico of radio the show's over good luck with your bets uh, I will be back uh, tomorrow night. You will see me tonight, first of all, on the Sean Hannity Show, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, tomorrow night on One Nation with Brian Kilmeade and, of course, back here on Monday if I haven't started in OnlyFans because Lincoln lost all my money betting the NFL. Until then, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a Jimmy Fallon. You're the- Listen to
0: the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.